For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, today we're debating globe and space exploration skepticism, and we are starting right now with Howard's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, Howard. The floor is all yours. Thank you, James. Okay, is that full screen for everybody? It is. Awesome, I'll just hit play. Okay, so I'm asking to see if there's any clear evidence of a physical geometric horizon because no matter what mathematics um, calculations you choose, they're supposed to be about eight inches per mile squared, yet we've got rail guns that can zoom in on a target of over 100 miles away and hit it, and we've got long-distance observations that shouldn't be disregarded as mere light refraction that somehow happens to work out to the level of, of the observer every time, no matter where the light source is and no matter the altitude. For some optical illusions, like when we can raise the camera, it, appear, it causes things to appear higher in the distance, and lowering the camera can cause things in the distance to appear lower than things that, uh, against the horizon. We can see that refraction of light causes things to distort or it will mutate how something's being observed. So I'm asking to see an observation that's clear because. Every time we see atmospheric refraction, we can it, it appears that the horizon is not a physical geometric position, but rather an optical illusion, just like we can see the landmass in the far distance now because it's a clearer day. So we've got observations at water level that are more um, reliable. Here's one from 52 miles away. Here's a video from 30 miles away, again at water level. And um, seeing the top of the seeing the buildings from top to bottom uh, suggests that there isn't 180 meters of curvature like you'd expect for 30 miles. Here's an observation of the Isle of Man from Blackpool, which is uh, 85 miles, if I remember right. Yeah, up to 85 miles distance, yet still no evidence of curvature. So after seeing all these observations on YouTube, I went and made my own because I, I live near Benidorm and everyone that comes to Benidorm can see the streetlights of San Juan uh, beachfront 20 miles away. And we can see that we're water level because we're looking underneath the platform of the water, the cable ski. And we can see that the streetlights of San Juan are no more than, say, 15 to 20 meters from sea level themselves. So that's the observations we see too far. The next thing is, can you demonstrate how the star constellations uh, appear pretty much throughout the whole year, considering that every six months we're supposed to be on the other side of the sun, looking a complete opposite direction? This is what we would expect to see. Different stars and the same stars from different angles, because we're supposed to be going around the sun and from winter to summer, Six months later, we're supposed to be looking the opposite direction, yet we see the same constellations 
all throughout the year, crossing the same path in the sky, just at a different time of night. No parallax and no analemmas like the sun and the moon. Orion's a great example because it's above the equator. So you'd expect to not see it six months later, but we do. So I don't trust NASA's footage because here we can see that Jupiter's cloud formations haven't changed at all over two days. Yet on a video from 1979, we can see that they're constantly changing and the um, layer above the red spot was flowing right, then left, then right again. So it seems like their footage is inconsistent, probably cartoons, thanks to Walt Disney and Pixar. We even go on Google and it tells us NASA science for children. Maybe their inspiration is from Photoshop, computer generated images, and also landscapes like the Mediterranean Ocean. The big problem I've got is that they use harnesses. Why are they on strings? I mean, you can ignore this if you want to, but they're clearly on harnesses. You can see them grabbing a string right there. And it's not just the harnesses, it's the, it's the hairspray. Why is it that her necklace is floating, yet her hair is rigid, proper stiffy, not, not convinced by the water experiments, because that could be CGI. We see it reacting different at different times. Show me bendy water, because maybe this is the biggest diabolical scam of all time. I'm not buying it. So um, they admit that there's um, marine fossils at the top of the mountains, like Mount Everest. But they've given us an untrusty alternative narrative that goes against the 500 accounts of a worldwide flood, which would uh, better explain why the Mount Everest was once under the ocean. Just like we see buried temples all around the world and star forts, over 5,000, many of them still buried under mud at the top of a mountain, which all, like the underwater cities, suggests that there has been a worldwide flood like Noah, the Quran, and 500 myths. We see scientific experiments, we see historical artifacts and loads of primary observations that go against the globe model. And don't forget the heart-shaped stone phenomena, which also supports a worldwide flood and discredits the globe. I'd like to use this as my third evidence because rough rock fractures into fragments with similar features. Whereas pebbles, also known as smooth stones, they seem to have a different origin because pebbles, smooth stones, appear to be whole pieces that show a darker interior if they've suffered any fractures or damage, which correlates with the anatomy of organs in general having a protective skin and a serous fluid, which supports the boiled egg theory from Mike Wilkerson. As when walking up mountains, you won't find any transitional stones. But when you go to the coastline, which has multiple water flowing, uh, mul multiple directions of water flowing, and compare it to rivers, which has one direction river uh, water flow, or you can find them buried in mud, which is technically no direction, no flow. Yet they'll either be oval or they'll have a harp shape. And the harp shapes all have a flat top and either an indentation, discoloration, or even a hole at the top. 
which is uh, kind of cool because hearts also have holes at the top. So yeah, there's no other reoccurring shapes to be found. They're all oval rounded or harp shaped. And uh, all the harp shaped tend to have a twisted bottom point, just like a heart does during contraction. And uh, yeah, there's 50 shades of gray, maybe because there's blue bloods in the uh, ocean creatures and maybe land reptilian creatures. And uh, whether rounded or harp shaped, the front is always multifaceted, convex, and the back is one-sided and concave or flat. We see veins, meaty colors, layers of quartz, which could be fat. And yeah, we see random water erosion, but then we also see biological patterns. So we can ignore all of this evidence. There's 20 uh, on Mike Wilkerson's list so far, just of the heart-shaped stones that correlate to the anatomy and histology of hearts. And other organs, like I say, are either oval, rounded, or they could be fragile organs like lungs that would break into segments or brains, which are very uh, delicate. We see petrified wood all over the world. And we know that Hirolamo Sigato took the secret of petrification of flesh to his grave. But, you know, maybe someone's lying about dinosaurs. Maybe it's a cover up for dragons and giants as this word of giant trees in the myths. And I've visited the Montgo mountain and Javier Spain myself, where there's over 50 characters, uh, characteristics that match with the histology anatomy of a ginormous elephant. We see massive rock formations with iron ore oozing out. And uh, we do see many uh, mountains that look like uh, giants and titans, like the Dolphin Island of Italy. And the Naga Cave in Thailand's amazing. Not only does it look like a snake, but it's even got the scales. So yeah, there's a lot of conundrums with the globe model having a world flood and a lot of conundrums with tectonic plates forming these mountains. Yet we see reproducible evidence patterns and make logical conclusions that if there was a worldwide flood, it would make more sense on a geocentric contained model which doesn't have to be flat. It could be multiple dimensions like the Bible, the Quran, and the Egyptians depicted. Just like the evidence we see when looking at the experiments star in a jar, where we see frequencies like let there be light, for example, uh, going through a cavity, a bubble, and it creating implosions which are light, which could be the stars and things we see. And maybe that's why we have a great rift in the night sky, because it might be the remnant damage of the great flood. Thank you very much. Flood. That's yeah. me. Thank you very much, James. You got it. With that, we're going to kick it over to Fight the Flat Earth for his opening statement. But first, want to let you know, folks, we are absolutely thrilled for a lot of things coming up in the future, including this juicy debate at the bottom right of your screen, Atheist versus Creationist. We have many more debates to come, so hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of them, as Modern Day Debate is a neutral debate platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. With that, thanks so much, Fight the Flat Earth. The floor is all yours for your opening as well. Hey, James, thanks for having me on. Always uh, fun to be here. We're just back from holiday. Apparently, people still think the Earth's flat. So, uh, right. Um, if the Earth was flat, it, simple engineering projects wouldn't take into account the curvature of the Earth. Um, engineering projects do take into account curvature of the Earth. Therefore, the Earth is curved. And one thing I'd like to talk about today is the London Underground. Um, 
Crossrails tunnels of the London Underground, the the, the new part uh, especially, it's so long uh, when they were being planned, um, they had to take into account the curvature of the Earth. Um, so when the current Crossrail scheme uh, was developed in the 90s, the planners used maps based on the old Ordnance Survey National Grid reference system uh, known as the British National Grid or the BNG. Uh, it turned out to be really crude and have a lot of distortions and nowhere near accurate enough for what they were doing. Um, in a, uh, it, had they used the normal street maps that, that it's all based on, um, then, then the crossrail tunnels could have seen deviations of up to 20 centimetres per kilometre of tunnel. And this was due to the curvature of the earth. Um, might not be a huge issue in some places, but because this was the new tunnels, it had to squeeze in and out between all the existing tunnels and sewer systems. So um, there were some gaps that were so small that if they hadn't taken into account the curvature of the earth, then they would the drilling machine would have just driven uh, drilled through one of the uh, tunnels that was already there. Um, for example, the Tottenham Court Road um, had a gap so tight that had they not adjusted for the curvature of the earth, the tunnel boring machine that left Paddington would have been sufficiently out of place by the time it arrived that the cutting head might have drilled through the northern line tunnels, um, which would have looked a bit like this. Um, so th this is uh, showing you the Tottenham Court Road line um, and they had to, this was where it was drilled and it went above the, the Northern Line tunnels and they were left a gap of 35 centimetres. This tunnel in particular is several kilometres long. So if they hadn't taken into account the curvature of the earth, um, because of the distortions in the map, which you know were obviously a conversion from the globe to flat, um, it meant that this would have been off so much, it would have actually drilled into the Northern Line tunnels below it. So um, there were a few solutions they came up with, but uh, none of them really worked. Um, and that was because there is so many different types of flat maps, um, but every flat map is a distortion of the globe in some, some form, but not all in the same way. Uh, and what it ended up with was because they were using, uh, trying to use different coordinate systems based on different distortions of the globe into a flat map, that when they were trying to plan the route, they actually ended up with three points of the same latitude and longitude, which appeared to be in three different positions. You know, And this was all due to the fact that all these maps had different amounts of distortions to you know, account for the fact that the earth was curved, but the map was flat. So, um, you know, that's it might not be a big issue in general, but with the precision of what they were trying to do, it became a massive issue. To reduce the scale distortion, Crossrail made use of a customized projection. So they came up with a brand new um, distortion of the globe into flat, which was much more accurate. Um, reduced the scale distortions from an average of 20 centimeters per kilometer drilled to just one meter per one millimeter per kilometer drilled. And this was called the London Survey Grid and it had a new meridian which ran straight through the center of London. Um, this caused another problem that it now had two different sets of measurement data and they had to have conversion rules to ensure that plans based on the old BNG grid could be reliably converted into the new, more accurate London Survey Grid. Um, 
Adoption of the curvature correction ensured that all the design and construction data was created with a real-world uh, context and allowed for greater ease of um, you know, mixing between the computer-aided design and the mapping systems because this was more accurate than the other map because it had less distortion due to being flat. Um, all this was needed because the cross-rail tunnels are long enough to be affected by the curvature of the Earth. Um, and if we go to, uh, let me... Can I quickly share my screen, please, James? So if we go to the, um, this is the London Underground Topographical Surveys and Mapping. Um, and it actually says, Right near the top, the, the London survey grid is a transverse Mercator projection with parameters chosen to minimize grid distortion caused by the Earth's curvature over the London underground area. The distortion is such that for large portions of the area, projection corrections can be ignored, and the grid was formerly known as the London underground grid, but it was updated. But the entire point of this is that if they hadn't taken into account the curvature of the Earth and just tried to base their plans on the flat maps they were using, it wouldn't have worked. They had to come up with new transformations to account for the earth being curved, but a map being flat, because you can't display a globe on a flat map. It has to be distorted in some, in some way. And if they followed the maps that they originally had, it would have meant that all the tunnels were off by quite a large amount and the engineering specifications were extremely tight and required you to take into account the curvature of the earth and the fact that the london underground survey the topographical surveys and mapping specifically mentions that the lsg the london survey grid is to minimize grid distortion caused by the earth's curvature shows that i'm not just talking nonsense it's not just a pretty story it was something that the engineers actually had to physically take into account and I think that's all we need. There is many other, I'm actually, this is um, part of a video that I am creating showing many different projects around the world, engineering projects on a large scale that physically had to take the curvature of the earth into account. This is just one of 11 that I am covering in the video that I'm doing. Uh, and the fact that en engineering specifications say that they had to do it, and if they didn't, it would have been wrong, shows that the earth is curved, otherwise these things wouldn't have happened. Um, that, that's the only evidence that I'm going to present today, but it's actual engineering and mathematical proof that the Earth is curved at the amount we say and not flat. Thank you very much for that opening statement. We are going to kick it into open discussion, but before we do, as I mentioned, folks, Modern Day Debate is a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And with that, we're going to jump into, open, jump into open conversation. If you happen to have questions, friends, feel free to submit them in the live chat. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, that's one way to submit a question. Or Super Chat's another option, in which case we push it to the top of the list for the Q&A. So with that, thanks very much, gentlemen. The floor is all yours. Okay. Um, Howard, can, can I ask you a quick question? Just one of the first things that you brought up. Rail guns fire in a straight line. Um, th this is a lie. This is not true. Railguns like all ballistics fire in an arc. Um, I, and I've got I, engineering I didn't, specifications on railguns to show that. But yeah, but please don't don't make false accusations. I never said 
that it fires in a straight line. I said that it said that. No, I said that it locks in on a target over 100 miles away using an RF pencil beam, which is straight, direct. When it shoots, it shoots in an arc, yeah, but it looks at the target over 100 miles away with an RF pencil beam. It can see its target because it doesn't register any curvature. It doesn't look around curvature. So okay, that's yeah. correct. Um, most rail guns use GPS for targeting. Um, for things that are close in the sky, they would they wouldn't target things at sea level or on land with um, RF pencil beams. They use that for targets in the sky. Uh, so um, yeah, doing a hundred miles is no problem if something's in the sky. They don't do that for things at land. They use GPS targeting. Again, I can present the engineering specifications for rail guns to show this. I just for um, for me the the whenever a flat earther brings up the rail gun argument, um, it's it's a lie. It's completely and utterly false because nothing about the design of a rail gun shows that the earth is flat. In fact, um, it quite clearly shows the opposite because the operations of a rail gun take into account gravity and the curvature of the earth when targeting things. Completely the opposite of what you guys say. So please, from all engineers and all military specialists, stop saying that. Uh, if you can show me a reproducible observation to support what you're saying, then maybe oh, I no, would no, have you're the one that's made the blame. You would have to provide, um, you know, you would have to get me someone in the military to back up your claim. You are the one that has made the claim, therefore you have the burden of proof. All engineering specifications disagree with you. All manuals disagree with you. All physics disagree with you. Uh, everyone that I've spoken to that's ever operated a railgun disagrees with you. You have made a very specific claim that it targets things at sea level, a hundred miles away with an RF pencil beam. Unless you can provide evidence of that claim, the claim is going to be dismissed. Okay, I'll find evidence. But like I say, evidence to support my claim is in the observations that we all saw in my video reproducible observations that we can make ourselves we don't need to um, believe what so, hold on please we don't need to believe what someone tells us i can see for myself 20 miles away street lights at, at water level so where's the 80 meters of curvature there craig where's the um curvature well we they're expect? not at water level as even you have said they're 15 to 20 meters above water level um so that there's that uh, and also when you start saying about opposite you're your thirty-mile um, uh, video of the the Chicago skyline. Um, once you can tell me where the bottom of those buildings are, we can continue the discussion. Um, what what else was it said? Yeah, you said. Um, but yeah, so all of your observations, right? This is what I've tried to say to you before. All the observations you do are at sea level, close to water. That is where there's going to be the most refraction and. Just because it's clear doesn't mean there isn't refraction. If you're seeing something through the medium of our atmosphere, which is a variable density, it's going to be refracted. Um, and when you can see the clearest, that just means that the lines of uh, light are you know, following the curvature of the Earth more perfectly than being bent by variations in the density as it goes along. So until you can bring me an observation that is... Um, you know, so far away that we shouldn't be able to see, and you can provide me the analysis of the refraction of that observation, then none of your observations mean anything. Because when you ignore the variables in an observation or experiment, it kind of makes the entire observation or experiment invalid. 
Those variables are very important. The variable of the atmospheric conditions, the specific temperature and density through the entire thing that you're looking at. Unless you know that, then you can't say we're seeing too far. But with the knowledge that we actually have of refraction, with the experiments that have been done on refraction for centuries, from the days of Isaac Newton, all the way up to Dr. Andrew Young, the current world's leading expert on refraction, all the experiments and knowledge of refraction that we have mean that we can actually model the atmospheric density and temperature and what it would do to the light. And it turns out that what we see actually matches the conditions of what's happening in the world. And like I said, until you can bring me an observation with a thorough analysis of the refraction happening, according to the laws of physics and Snell's law, etc., then none of your observations mean anything. May I? Um, all of the observations that you've ever provided, you never provided any of these details that you're demanding now. So it's a little what bit... What do I do with my observations, Howard, Howard? Howard, one thing, I hate to interrupt, but just because people want to be able to see the you guys react to each other. Thank you very much. Yeah, sorry. Can I um, can I share my screen, please, James? I just want to make a point. If you're actually going so to refer to what you're sharing. Howard, I'd like to, but yeah, let Craig talk a bit more. It's okay. With my observations, Howard, what's one thing that I like to do? Um, well, the observations that I tend to present, what's something that I like to do with the observations? That is move away from the point with the most refractive conditions. I don't do it. I don't have observations directly over water because I, you know, it's very hard to know the conditions it's over water, directly over water at sea level. You can have massive variations all the time. So what do you do to remove those variations? You move away from the surface. The observations that I like to present, like the one from Miles Davis, are more than 200 meters above the surface of the Earth, where you're going to have much, much less of the variations in the temperature, the density of the air as you're looking through to another point. So um, you can more closely say that that matches reality than observations that are closer to the ground over sea, where you're going to get massive, massive um, changes over a short distance, the lapse rate. That doesn't happen as much when you're when you're high up. So if I do an observation or if I cite an observation, I like to do it from high up. And when I do, it turns out that it matches or at least disproves the the, the notion of the Earth being flat. First, you haven't done any observations of your own, have you? Be honest and tell everyone now. I've done plenty of observations. I just haven't recorded them because I didn't think I'd have to record every time that I see because I didn't know that I would be debating flat earthers for my life. I'm but not a flat earther. Matter because it doesn't matter if I have, it doesn't matter if I have done observations myself because that's not how this works. We don't have to do everything ourselves when we can have multiple observations from many other sources to cite and match the laws of physics. Now, me personally, I am physically disabled. It's very hard for me to get around. You know, I'm not going to go climbing mountains to get observations at 200 meters up. Luckily, other people have done that for me. And if you doubt them, the onus would be on you to repeat them to disprove what has happened, not to just claim it's fake. Are you finished, Craig? Yeah, I did stop talking. That would usually indicate Great. that I finished, yeah. Right, well, I'd like to make two points. My first point is that you haven't provided any observations of your own. You're sharing, please, you're um, dishing out secondary information. So you haven't verified what you're showing us. We're supposed to take your word and you're taking someone else's word. And like I clearly I just say, Howard? Please, please, well, no, please wait. Please wait. Thank you, James. Um, like I showed in my video, it's very easy to fake 
uh, an observation when the altitude is higher because you've only got to lift the camera a little bit or lower the camera a tiny bit and it can confuse things in the distance in comparison. Like I showed in my video. Set, can I please. disagree with that? No, no, not until after we I go made my second point, point please. That's okay. Yeah, but you spoke for ages. Let me just get my second point in I before one I point. forget it. Okay. Right, my other point is that um, you're saying that my observations are no good because I haven't taken all of the temperatures and things, yet my observations reproducible. Like I keep telling everybody, you can come to Benidorm and you can see the streetlights of San Juan Alicante, which are supposed to be 80 meters below the horizon or 78 meters below the horizon. We can see the streetlights every day, every night. And we can see the buildings from top to bottom every day, every night, unless there's a bit of fog or it's very cloudy or rainy. But when the conditions are clear, it's always a perfect eye level observation. So your light refraction experiments will show dis, um, disfiguration, distortion and misplacement. You haven't shown, you show me light refraction, show me bendy light that doesn't distort the observation. You can't because the whole idea of bendy light means it's bending. So things that are further away will bend less than things that, or more than things that are close and things on the side oh, and, depend, and depending where the, the light source is, all these things would affect the refraction of light, but they don't seem to when we're making these observations for ourselves. So okay. all of the observations that we can make, like from Blackpool to the Isle of Man, from Denia to Ibiza, uh, all of these observations that I've put in my video, they don't show much light refraction. They just show a clear observation that's reproducible, that pretty much discredits your claims that other people have calculated things in the military and they have to account for curvature. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, you completely ignored everything I said, of course, and then just acted like, you know, I, I didn't say it and then said things. Um, what was the first thing you were talking about? Right. Um, raising the camera up at eye level, changing things. No, it doesn't. Um, I'd like to <sighs> share my screen if possible, James. Uh, sure. Give me one sec to grab the pictures that I need. Oh, no, I don't even need to share my screen. Let me just give me one second and I will just um, get the pictures I need. Were you not Did watching you... the video that I shared, Greg? I saw the video. Um, Where the but... poll looked like it was higher than the horizon when the camera was lifted a few centimeters. Yeah, yeah, refraction can do that. But I mean, you know, um, you're completely... No, it wasn't refraction, mate. It, was, it uh, wasn't refraction. It was the correlation between the height of the camera, the pole that was in the middle, and the horizon at the, at the far. So just by lifting the camera a little bit or lowering the camera a little bit, it can alter what looks taller in the distance. Not right, light refraction, I'm, just a camera just trick. Gonna, just going to quickly share my screen, James, if that's okay. Sure, ready. Right. Um, let me just put that onto mine as well. Right, so um, this is my good buddy, Tommy Gronvild, um, and he's testing this claim of moving the camera up and down, changing things. Uh, as you can see, he's got a camera looking along this, um, this board, and it's got a water level on to show, you know, as you can see in this picture, you know, what the eye line is. And the center of the camera is matching both of these points, both of these water levels, meaning that you've got a tangent line, a line of sight straight along there. 
Um, and that's what it looks with the camera just looking straight along it. So the center of the camera matches both of those water levels that you can see there. All right. So what he does is instead of having it looking it straight along, he points the camera up. Uh, and what you find is that even though the field of you know the frame, the field of view and everything has changed, the actual eye line uh, of the water level hasn't changed. So the the two water levels still match each other, even though what would be the center of the camera has has completely changed. Uh, to show it works the other way, there's him pointing the camera down, and we get exactly the same thing. Even though the center of the frame has completely changed, the water level still matches exactly, meaning that it doesn't really matter what you're doing with the camera as long as you have two reference points looking along that is what you can base your line of sight on. Um, so I disagree with your assertion, uh, Howard, completely. Uh, and this is my evidence as to why I would disagree with that assertion. Can I refute it? If you want, I'll share my screen finished, again. I haven't finished yet because okay, you said a okay. bunch of things and I'd like to respond to all of okay. them. Um, what was the next thing you said? Because you did go on a whole bunch. What was the second point that you made? That there's lots of videos and reproducible observations. Oh right, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, never got, show distortion. You've got videos and reproducible stuff, but there, you know, when you see things far away, that is refraction happening without it being massively distorted. And again, um, wow, refraction has been quantified for centuries. There are experts in the field like. Dr. Andrew Thomas Young, that you can literally email and ask him questions and he will tell you how to calculate you know, the actual path of light based on what's happening. And until, Howard, you provide me with an observation that includes the analysis of the atmosphere that you are looking through to determine what refractive effects should be happening, I will dismiss any and all observations you bring unless you can provide evidence that the variables are as you say they are. These are your observations. The onus is on you to prove that they demonstrate what you say they demonstrate. And until you provide me with the analysis of the medium that you are looking through, you have not proven anything. And I refuse all of your observations as evidence. You can refuse what you want, mate. I'm just saying that everybody can see the same thing. We can all see <laughs> too far on a clear day. We can all see way further than we're supposed to. We Ooh. can see things and that are supposed to let, that can let, happen. Let, you say that it, light refraction says that can happen okay. without. Do, let me let me talk. Let all, me talk. All refractions James, say that can, can happen. Mute him? Can you mute him for Let's a second? Give, uh, you can't Howard, talk. roughly two minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought this was a back and forward. Um, you know, I I can't let him lie over and over and over without having a chance it, to it respond. It can be, but if if you uh, if we have too much interrupting, then they can't hear either of you because you're simultaneously yes. talking. So it's that they wouldn't hear either of your refutations. So. If we could do yeah, two minute segments, yeah, that cool. would be if, I, if I could ask Howard to try and stick to no, one. No, let, 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 let me just answer something. You want to talk about lies, yeah? Let's talk about your yeah. dishonesty. I showed in my video exactly that when you tilt the camera up and down, it makes no difference. You should pay a bit more attention to the evidence that's been presented to you, mate. I clearly showed that when you tilt the camera up or down, it doesn't change anything in relation to eye level but when you lift the camera one or two centimeters or when you lower the camera one or two centimeters it makes a big difference so tilting no but lifting and lowering yes 
go and watch my video again and okay, maybe you'll realize i've already do, addressed it what's that got to do with this observation where the camera is at 210 meters it only has to be one or two centimeters higher for those poles to appear the camera at 210 centimeters it's not higher it's not lower it's 210 meters not centimeters sorry that 210 meters it's not a couple of centimeters higher it's not a couple of centimeters lower it is at 210 centimeters as is that pole in the distance so so you you totally have blind faith in secondary information no, he, you haven't he, he showed you it. haven't recorded it yourself and you're asking okay, me uh, ignore all of the observations James, uh, that i've provided can I, can I ask as um as the moderator that you stop letting howard apply the genetic fallacy to my arguments please he simply attacks the source instead of the argument um and that's a really uh, dishonest way to to have arguments it doesn't matter whether information is first or second hand what matters is the information required so james please as the moderator i'm going to ask you to stop howard doing the genetic fallacy and saying it's not first-hand information because that's irrelevant to the debate is that okay craig if you're being persuasive enough in explaining how he's being fallacious you don't need my help if you think you okay, need well, my I help think, that I think means I you're not did. hold on craig don't interrupt oh. me let me speak can i speak <laughs> right. at least Apologies, apologies, James. Great, thanks for working on your impulse control. It's it's important because I, I do. It's fair. I, I want to let you speak the same way. Is that if you're persuasive in terms of exposing his fallacies, you won't need my help. The fact that you think you need my help doesn't make you look confident. Well, well no, it, it's more the it's it's just um something that kind of shouldn't be allowed. But okay, I'll explain why it's fallacious. Uh, it's simple. Howard Boring. is applying the genetic fallacy. He is saying that because you haven't done it first, it's not your information. You're the one that uh, hasn't gone out and got it. Therefore, the information is no good and it can't be trusted. But that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter where the data has come from. Uh, and Howard applying the genetic fallacy to everything that I say is just a way of him dismissing things that I say. Like in his opening <sighs> statement, he simply said, I don't trust NASA. Well, there you go. That's the genetic fallacy. I now can't present anything from NASA because Howard doesn't trust it. But that's dishonest because that's ignoring the information in an argument and simply attacking the source. So, so Howard, every time you do that, every time you do that, I'm going to say, no, that's a genetic fallacy. Stop it. OK, can, can I say what's dishonest? You're asking me for all the atmospheric conditions. Yeah. Over uh -huh. 20 and 30 miles. Can you provide the atmospheric conditions for your obs? No, sorry. For the observation that's not yours. Uh, you again, genetic fallacy. Please stop doing the genetic fallacy, Howard. It, I will ask you again. Howard, I will ask you again. Howard, I will ask you once more. I don't care how many Gentlemen, times you ask me. We've got to break me. it into two-minute segments if you guys okay. keep speaking over each other. Right. Okay, so um, as I explained earlier, Howard, the reason that I... Okay, as Howard, I explained earlier, Howard, the reason that I do not require the exact information of the temperature and pressure of the atmosphere is because I have moved away from the place where the distortions are the most in the observations that I present. The observations you present over water are the places that will have the most distortion. You have purposely chosen the places that will have the most distortion to try and show something that isn't factual. And because you have chosen the places with lots of distortion, you therefore need to supply the data of the temperature and barometric pressure. However, at the height of my observation at 210 meters, there is not going to be a variance of the atmosphere and pressure over that distance of that 210 meters. There is simply going to be a little bit of refraction, but not refraction that would account for 
in this observation, those mountains being more than twice the distance below eye level than they would. Apart from the fact that perspective means this wouldn't happen, refraction would not make something drop like that because in general, refraction actually lifts things up as you can um, attest from the expert and uh, Dr. Andrew Thomas Young. Um, I can present all, all his details of atmospheric refraction. In general, it makes things lift up, not drop down. So there's the reasons why I would not have to present the atmospheric pressure and barometric pressure because I've moved away from the places that have those deviations. You haven't, Howard. You are somewhere that purposely has the most uh, distortions. Therefore, your observations are unreliable. Okay, right. So number one, you've just admitted that there would, there is some light refraction. Okay, it's just Always a matter of how much. Yeah, thank you, yeah, yeah. So there is light refraction in your image. So there could be uh -huh. optical illusions. And my other point is, you're, you're trying to discredit the many observations that I have been providing and that uh -huh. I've provided yes. today, yeah? But the, fu the yeah, funny absolutely. thing, is, please shut up, right? The funny thing I'm is, Craig, sorry. Are you finished, Craig? I was just agreeing with you. Sorry, I thought we were having a conversation. I was just agreeing with you. Please carry on. I'll try again. So my point is, it's not like you've got so many observations at water level that counter mine and we're arguing who's got the stronger evidence. No, you haven't got any evidence. You haven't provided this no observations. Please shut up, Craig. Please shut up. You haven't provided any observations at water level. And if you do, they will be distorted, where the ones I'm showing are not distorted. And if you don't mind, Craig, I'll just share this, yeah? This is the calculations by the mile, right? Just so everyone can see, I'm not pulling these figures out of thin air, yeah? Over 20 miles, there's supposed to be a drop of 266 feet, okay? Over 30 miles, there's supposed to be 600 feet. So the observations that I've shown, one of them was 80 miles, which is 4,268 feet. Yet there's no sign of that curvature because we can see the whole island uh, in that observation. So it's, it's interesting that all of the observations that I provide haven't got any sign of major distortion and you haven't provided any observations at water level because they're all weak, they're all blatantly distorted Yet Absolutely, you're yeah. asking, yet you're, I'm nearly finished, yet you're asking me to provide all of this data of atmospheric conditions to, uh -huh. to, yep. so that you can then try and justify that bendy light can just so happen to come at eye level without any distortion time after time after time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a layman term, I can make the observation in the morning, the afternoon or night. Uh, so it doesn't matter if the, the source of light, the sun is behind me, above me, or in front of me. I get the same okay. results. It doesn't matter what time of year or what time of day I do it. The light source and the temperature changes never affect my observation. But you want me to get someone to measure the atmosphere every yes, mile. Like but that, to, yes. Well, guess what? That's probably not going to happen. 
So um, you, in, in you, that case, I dismiss your evidence because you haven't included all the variables well, I, for it to be. Well, well I'm, I'm, just, I'm talking right now. I'm, I'm just talking ending, right now. Howard, Howard, you've been going on Howard, for a while. Turn, hey, I just wanted, I'm just wanted to end. Howard, okay. so, gentlemen. Howard, it, it, is, thank you. So um, uh, if uh, you're unable to provide all the details of the variables in places that would have lots and lots of variables, then I am unable to analyze your evidence. Um, however, my evidence is a lot stronger for many, many reasons. And yes, I will call it my evidence because it's the evidence that I am presenting, regardless of where it came from. Um, I've gone through this many times, but I'll quickly go through it now because this one observation is all we need. Number one, this observation is 210 meters above sea level. It is not directly at sea level over water where you get the most variations in temperature and pressure causing the most distortions and the most refraction. Uh, we've moved away from that. We're 210 meters above sea level. And we know we are because uh, in the video um, that this is taken from, there's a marker next to him where he's uh, set up the observation showing the exact height he's at. So we know exactly what height he's at. It's 210 meters. Um, not saying that it is, but even if it was a few centimeters either way, wouldn't change this particular observation in the way that Howard would like. It's not. Um, Miles shows exactly how high it is. Right. But the observation is this. The camera is at 210 meters. What we're looking at is the fourth road and rail bridges. That middle tower, according to the engineering specifications, is also 210 meters above sea level. So we have a line of sight. We have a tangent. All right. You're seeing from the camera to the top of the tower that's 210 meters. So that line of sight is going to keep going. Yes, there's going to be refraction, but not as much, anywhere near as much as when you're at the surface. Now, those mountains in the background, they are all 500 meters above sea level, yet they fall below the eye line of 210 meters. As flat earthers like to tell us, Perspective means that things rise up to the center and fall down to the center. They don't cross over. Train tracks, when you look at them in the distance, don't all of a sudden rise above eye level. That doesn't happen. So this can't be explained by perspective. Um, refraction works the other way to this. Refraction tends to lift things up due to a uh, gradient in the atmosphere. Um, again, you can look at all the works about Dr. Andrew Thomas Young. Uh, He's free to happy, happy to answer any emails on refraction. But in general, refraction lifts things up. So that wouldn't explain the mountains fall in more than half of their height below what is eye level in this picture. This one picture destroys the flat earth. And if, uh, in the video, he turns 180 degrees and looks the other way and we get the same thing. Um, nice of Howard to start screen sharing whilst I'm uh, still in the middle of what I'm talking about. But uh, So like, just to reiterate, the reason I like to use this observation is because we removed away from the majority of the refractive effects. When you are directly over the sea, there will be the most variations because the water changes temperature, which changes the temperature of the air directly above it. So we cannot rely on observations directly at sea level because they will be distorted the most. I finished. Okay, so the, I'll just screen share quickly because most people would have seen this already. Okay. So pay attention this time, Craig, because uh, the math says how much curve there's supposed to be yet the observations that we all make with lasers or just with line of sight, uh, they they kind of uh, debunk the, the calculations. 
Here is my point. Here's my point. You admitted that there will be light refraction, even at that altitude. And maybe things wouldn't cross over, but there is perspective and things do get compressed in the distance. So here we see that tilting doesn't affect uh, the horizon in relation to the pole, but raising the camera just a few centimeters makes the pole look a lot shorter. Lowering the camera a few centimeters makes the pole look a lot taller. So uh, yeah, I, I think I've made my point. It's uh, quite okay. obvious that um, light refraction yeah, so, uh, causes in, distortion. In and oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, light refraction. Yeah, wait your two minutes. Light refraction will cause distortion and uh, cause things to change shape, size, and location. Um, and also, little camera tricks can make a big difference. So, your one photo that isn't really yours isn't stronger evidence. Genetic fallacy. Please, please, I'm going to ask you again to stop applying it, the genetic fallacy. It, it, All right, we have fact. to uh, give each other. Howard, you got another 30 seconds, then you got to wrap Thanks. it up and give it to Fight Thanks. Flyers. Thanks. So, so if I may, my 30 seconds, Craig, um, you have one image that's not yours. I have multiple videos. Video, I don't care. Videos are stronger than photos. Primary observation this is, from is stronger than secondary information. Uh, and genetic I don't care. Will you wait your turn? And the point is that anyone can make these observations and it's always at eye level without distortion. It's only when there is distortion that things appear higher and lower and muddled up. That's my point. You're weak. Can't hear anything. Craig, I can't hear you. I just asked you to unmute. Oh, sorry, I thought I was allowed to call him out when he says when he's doing a genetic fallacy. You have your chance right now. Well, okay, there was lots of genetic fallacies there. Every everything he he just keeps going. Oh, pri not primary observation, not primary observation. Howard, that's completely irrelevant to the conversation. Stop bringing it up. It doesn't matter whose observation it is. It's completely irrelevant. Stop trying to change the argument into who did the observation because the doesn't matter. That's the genetic fallacy. Stop doing the genetic fallacy or I will call you out every single time. Okay. Right. Um, in the observation that, that you just gave of the pole, uh, what was the height of the camera and the height of the pole? It's not my video. It's just a simple video that shows oh, that a tiny you, movement uh, uh, makes a massive uh, okay. difference. So you don't know the height of the video or the height of the pole. Um, all right. Uh, this would be a simple question to answer. What's the height of the horizon? The height of the observer? No, the height of the horizon would be sea level, wouldn't it, Howard? In this case, no. Yes. Right. So that camera is already looking down, isn't it, Howard? It's not level at any point, is it, Howard? He was looking level ahead and he was seeing the horizon have been level ahead. ahead because the horizon is at sea level. It would not have been anywhere near the same height as those poles. So at no point was if he was lining up with the horizon, there was no point where the camera was level with either thing. Because That's he would have had to have been looking down. No, it's not an assumption. Even on a flat earth, he would have had to have been looking down to line it up with the horizon. That's not true because no matter what altitude you go, the horizon's always eye level, like in the Red Bull skydive. What you're talking about? What you're talking about? You're full of. Uh, I, well, how is, how can I um, have a photo of the moon below eye level if the horizon rises to eye level? How would that be possible? Because the horizon doesn't rise to eye level ever. Yes, it does. 
It doesn't. Yes, the horizon does. does not rise to eye level. It Look simply does. Look at the Red Bull skydive when he opens the door. Look at yeah, there's no cameras there that are level. So, right. Well, I'm sure. Hold on one sec. I'm talking right now. Look out of an airplane, Howard. They can't hear you, Howard. I think if I remember right, this is fight the flatter's time. So I want you to defer to Howard or defer to fight the flatter. Thank you. So, um, simply, the horizon does not rise to eye level. This is just completely and utterly false. What I'm showing you right now is a camera recording eye level, uh, and you can see the moon is below eye level. It has instruments on board the camera to tell you what is eye level based on its position, and the moon is below eye level. Unless the horizon is invisible and you can see through it to see the moon, this is 100% proof that the horizon does not rise to eye level. Please stop lying. It's not 100% proof. It's uh, evidence that could suggest that the light refraction is causing the moon to look lower than it actually is. We don't even know, know what the moon is. I'm just saying that if anyone goes on an aeroplane, if anyone goes on an aeroplane, they can look out of both windows at the same time and see the horizon, no matter what altitude they're at. Or they can watch the Red Bull skydive when he opens the door of the capsule at 39 kilometers altitude. The horizon's so, um, right there, which camera, right there sorry, every time. Can I ask a question about that? Which camera in the Red Bull um, uh, jump w was set level to look at the horizon? Which one of the cameras was specifically set up for that? Well, uh, the fact that all of the cameras... Oh, no, I let, me, question, let, me an, let me give you a specific answer without you interrupting. All of the cameras take, whether GoPro, fisheye lens or not... They all show the horizon at eye level, whether the camera's outside or inside. And when the camera's inside, we can assume that it's level because when he goes and stands outside of the capsule, he's standing straight up, yeah? Because if the capsule wasn't level, he'd fall. And guess what? The horizon's directly in front of the camera. Again, eye level. So uh, you didn't answer the question, which one of the cameras was specifically set up to be level with the horizon? Could you just answer that for me? I did answer. I said all no, of you the cameras. No, you said a bunch of stuff, and then you said, I assume. So I tell you what, no. as you have no evidence for your claim, that claim's also going to be dismissed. Okay, well, you dismiss what you want, pal. But, um, no, I'm going to dismiss any evidence you can't back up. Yeah. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to convince your fans and people watching that they My should fans look, know that you're look a dumbass, them, so it's okay. You don't need to convince them about Shut up, Craig. Why can't you let me talk? No. Why have you got to make your funny comments? Because right, you're weak arguments. Two minutes or maybe <laughs> a minute. Just keep so, it back. Um, what about the fact that engineering, you know, big engineering projects take into account the curvature of the Earth, Howard? Please explain that. Well, first, I'd like to finish saying what I was saying, which was that. If people watch the Red Bull skydive, they can see for themselves when uh, he's opening the door and when he's standing outside, the camera's blatantly level and so is the capsule, but otherwise he wouldn't be standing up straight. And here's something I'd like That'd you to look at. Can you see this, Craig? Uh, sorry, what am I looking at? Is it is it sharing my screen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the project that they're planning. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, do you think that they've uh, accounted for curvature in a 75-mile-long building? Probably, yeah. Probably. So you, you're not sure I mean, I of anything, looked in, I haven't specifically looked into the engineering qualification. But, Harrod, as you've just presented this for evidence, have they, can you say for 100% that they have not taken into account the curvature of the Earth in designing that? The fact is that you can't say they have. 
So you oh, no, 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 no. That was your bit of evidence you just presented. So please now provide a citation that says they have not taken into account the curvature of the earth while designing that 75 mile long skyscraper. Can you do that? I've just provided a photo that looks like they Brilliant. haven't. Brilliant. Oh, it, you provided a photo that looks like the engineers, the architects, sorry, didn't take into account the curvature of the earth. And it's not even a photo, is it, Howard? It's an artist's depiction because they haven't built it yet, have they, Howard? No. Okay. So, so once you've got evidence that they are not going to take into account the curvature of the earth while designing that, then please present it. But in the meantime, how about responding to the evidence that I presented that shows they absolutely did? I I'm talking, why are you screen sharing? I was just yeah. putting up some yeah. evidence to for when yeah, you yeah, finished talking. Uh, when I'm talking, don't screen share. Thank you. Um, now, as I provided evidence in my opening statement that during the construction of the new 1990, uh, in 1990, the London North Lines on the London Underground, that they had to take into account the curvature of the earth to design a new grid ordnance system to actually design the tunnels and build the tunnels. Um, and they have cited it as the reason for creating the LSG. Could you please now explain how the Earth isn't a sphere, considering a large engineering project like the London Underground took into account the fact that the Earth is a sphere when designing it? Okay, so when designing something, they can calculate what curvature there should be and what curvature they should account for. Now, you can trust in figures on a piece of paper or on a screen, yeah? And you can trust... That because they've published some information saying that they've accounted for curvature in this construction and we're architects, you can trust us, that that must be that we're on a globe. And we can ignore all of the observations, whether it's sea level or high altitude, because I keep forgetting to mention my friend Vika can see the Himalayan mountains when he's on an aeroplane above Dubai. And that's 4,000 kilometres away. <laughs> but it's in my it's in many of my videos on my YouTube channel, and it's been in many of my debates on James's modern day debate uh, presentations. So everyone's seen that you can see the Himalayan mountains four thousand kilometers away yeah. when above Dubai. I can get the video up if I need to, but I'm not. Guaranteed, it's not the Himalayan mountains. It's clearly the Himalayan mountains, and I've used it in I many mean, debates. And Vika's on an aeroplane. Guaranteed, it's not. You can't guarantee but, something you haven't I, even I'd just seen. like to point let, out let that me, you've completely no, no, ignored you, the thing that I said and started you, talking about other things. Can you stop Please talk, point out. Can you stop yeah, talking? Wait right, you two gentlemen, minutes. What we're going to have to do is we're going to have to break it into one minute segments where it's strictly time. So. Okay, I'll finish what I'm saying, if I may. So, so my point seconds is, and this is it's totally strict. So. It. Yeah, it's cool. So my point is you want me to ignore observations that I can make at water level. You want me to yeah. ignore observations that I can make when I'm on an aeroplane or on top of a mountain. I can still see too far. Yeah. But you want me to trust in one image that you haven't even taken. And you want me to trust in literature that's either printed or on the screen that you haven't even. And even if you had calculated it, where's the evidence of curvature? I don't trust in your calculations <laughs> only. I want to see observations that show landscape partially or totally hidden behind the physical geometric horizon curvature that you believe in that you can calculate that you can make camera tricks like i've shown but i want to see a reproducible observation and you failed so far 
I've shown lots of reproducible observations. Actually, Howard, you just ignore them. Um, and again, you once again committed the genetic fallacy. So well done. You can only argue in fallacious ways, it appears. That's absolutely fantastic. But uh, I'm going to ask the question again because you completely ignored it. Please explain why the engineers, when they were designing the London Underground and digging the tunnels, had to take into account the curvature of the Earth. The LSG the um, that was created, the, the, the map system that was created was literally a distortion of the globe to a flat plane. It took into account the curvature of the earth. The calculations are there. The map is there. It shows how they did it. It's in the engineering specifications. You just saying it's fake is not a rebuttal. I would like you to explain specifically why they took the curvature of the earth into account without just going, I don't trust it because it's written down. They did it. It's there. The engineers said it happened. I don't care if you don't believe it. Explain how it happened. I don't care if you do believe it. I'm not going to take someone's say so, even if it's published in a book or on a website, because if they were told to calculate for curvature, then they're going to calculate for curvature. Because like because like the space agencies, everybody's compartmentalized. So when people are told to do a job, they'll do it. And if it adds up, then it adds up. But if it can't be observed in nature which it doesn't seem to be able to, thanks to all the many long distance observations that many people are taking all over the world, hence why there's so many globe skeptics and we're growing by the day. So uh, yeah, if, I, if I've still got a few seconds, I'll just quickly ask, let's change the subject. What? Because we no. don't we don't agree on uh, curvature, and we're not going to agree uh, on curvature. And you're scared. No, 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 no. Well, we're I'm not changing subject. Seconds. Not until you've answered my question. We're, we're still in his sixty seconds. Is it my sixty seconds or? Yeah, Craig's? you got about you got about eighteen seconds left. Okay, so I'd like to talk about. No, 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 no. no. I'm not changing subject. No, uh, if you're well, subject, well, then subject, what? I can't stop him. If, if yeah, I'm going to stop him then because I am not talking about anything else until he has answered my question. I've answered your question well, you just because someone used to answer the question. During, like, I am not no, moving on until you, you answer. Give him a chance to speak during his time. Like that's fair. We give each of you sixty seconds. That's fair, Craig, isn't it? We get the same amount of time on each side. So uh, you have sixteen seconds, Howard. Okay, I have answered your question. I don't trust in what they're saying because they're compartmentalized. They've been given a job. They've done their job. That doesn't prove curvature. It just proves they can calculate curvature. Thank you, James. All right, and Fight the Flat Earth, you've got 60 seconds as well. I'm not changing subject, and I'm not letting him get away from this. I don't care that he doesn't trust it. It happened. It's in the engineering specifications. It's what they did to physically build the London Underground. And it wasn't just compartmentalized. The engineers got together and did that. They had to create a new system of transformation to be able to do it because the flat maps weren't accurate enough. They distorted it too much. They had to. They 100% had to take into account the curvature of the earth to design the London Underground. Howard, why was that the case? I'm not, I'm not moving on until you tell me why it was the case. I'm not accepting it's fake. I don't trust it. I don't give a fuck if you don't trust it. Answer the question. I am not moving on and I will not answer any other questions until you have answered this question honestly instead of just saying it's fake and I don't trust it. I didn't say it was fake. I said that they were given a job. 
They've done their job. So what? In their job, they took into account the curvature of the earth. Why did they do that? You're claiming that they physically had to account for curvature, but the only proof you have isn't physical, it's scriptural. Just like the Bible, you believe in what you've read or what you're told. Uh, but I want physical evidence that there's curvature, yeah. not so. The London Underground are physical evidence. Cool story, bro. Yeah, I've said it. Cool story, bro. Cool. Okay, so I don't care. I am not moving on with this until you answer the question properly. Why did the London Underground take into account the curvature of the earth when it was being designed? Because they were told to. So no, they did it. They actually did it. Um, and you can look at the transformations yourself if you don't believe it, Howard. But it was done. It's a fact. I do not accept your complete denial. I want an answer to the question or this debate is not continuing. I don't accept your denial of the many observations that I've provided. Answer my question. I've answered your question. No, you haven't. You avoided the question. So uh, let's see. We are actually, we've got just a few more minutes left. So it, this might be a good time for closing remarks, and then we're going into the Q&A. So if you have any closing remarks, we'll give each of you guys two minutes. Howard, the floor is all yours. Thank you. Um, I'll try and do this as quick as I can. It's, can you mute yourself, please, Craig? Um, so it seems like Craig is scared to um, to talk about other things because he's he's quite worried about what I'm saying. Can you see that, James? Now it shows. I mean, you just want to lie about me, Howard. That's cool. No worries. Well, my big... I had three points, Craig. Three. Worldwide flood doesn't make sense on a globe. Long distance observations. When on an aeroplane or at water level, you can't... To provide anything more than one piece of counter evidence that you didn't take. So my main evidence is, yeah, uh, as I've got two minutes, I've got two minutes if you don't mind, Craig. Um, when we're looking in the sky, we can see constellations like Orion pretty much throughout the whole year, about nine months, just at a different time of night. Yet if everyone pays attention to the video, in summer, we're looking one direction, and in winter, we're supposed to be looking another direction completely. So not only can we see it for nine months, but for those six months, how is it possible that we're looking at Orion six months later? We would expect to see completely different constellations and that we'd only see Orion, for example, at the very end of the night or the uh, start of the night from a different angle. We wouldn't expect it to cross the same path in the sky, but it does. And so do all the other stars. There's no parallax over a year. There's no parallax parallax over thousands of years as seen in the uh, Aztec and Mayan calendars. And the Egyptians have got the den. Dendora calendar carved in stone thousands of years ago. See if it see if it makes sense. Thanks, James. Why can we see Orion if we're on a different side of the sun looking a completely different direction? And why do we see Orion passing the same path in the sky as every other time of year? It just doesn't make sense. Unless we're actually geocentric. And the stars, sun and moon, are actually evolving around us, and like the ancients said, and like we see. Thank you, James. All right. We're going to kick it over to Fight the Flat Earth for two minutes. Uh, okay. Um, 
I mean, he refused to answer the one question that he knows destroys him. But um, I'd like to just quickly respond to his Orion thing if I can. Um, first off, you do see different constellations throughout the year. There are some stars you literally can't see um, at times when you can see other ones. Um, but I don't know why you think Orion is is such an issue. Um, if I've got time, I'm going to quickly bring up the screen and show you because I've got uh, a model that displays this completely for you. All right, give me one second. Oh. All right, never mind. My solar system scope doesn't seem to be working, so I won't be able to show you that right now, but I have shown it before on my channel. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's an app that uh, shows where the stars are throughout the year, and you can track you know, where they are um, with the globe and solar system model. And it shows that Orion is exactly visible as predicted by the globe model. I don't, I don't know why Howard thinks it's an issue. Um, my my challenge to Howard for that entire thing is for him to um, actually model it out and show us how it's impossible instead of just showing uh, you know a little picture that doesn't really display what we see in reality. Um, if I had my... Thing working here i could show it i don't know why it's not but uh yeah final thoughts is that howard's got nothing apart from observations that he purposely take it takes at the place with the most distortion claims um uh well using the genetic fallacy that's about it lies about the way that rail guns work um not trusting nasa who cares if you don't trust nasa that's again a genetic fallacy you know just attacking the the source um the the video you showed of the guy pulling the wire uh you can literally see in that video, it's not a wire. He's putting his finger in the dude's pocket and pulling him to the side because he tries to grab whatever's there and he simply hooks his finger. It's either a pocket or a loop. Seconds. You can see it go behind the material. There's no wire. Um, the earth isn't flat. There's measurements that show that the earth isn't flat. You can, uh, in fact, another one of the videos that I've got coming up, uh, I am doing an experiment my, myself, repeating my experiment I've done before, measuring the Earth's rotation. Anybody can measure themselves, can measure the Earth's rotation. Measurements of the curve exist. Um, there's so many observations that we can present where you can't see the bottoms and of things, um, which destroy you. Okay. With that, gentlemen, thank you very much for that open dialogue. Very invigorating. I appreciate your guys' passion and thanks for your questions, folks. We are going to jump right into these. Our guests are linked in the description, so if you'd like to hear more from our guests, you certainly can. Those links are waiting down below right now. In fact, that includes at the podcast. You can also find our guest links there in the description box, too. So with that, jumping into it, thanks so much for your question. Dave Gar says, let's see. Stringfellow Hawk says, Howard, you said that video of the poll wasn't yours so stop calling out fight the flat earth for the same thing namely using footage that isn't his fair enough but funny i know the person that made the video so i can inquire about the height of the pole and the height of his him when he's making the observation the best thing is it's such a simple observation it wasn't to convince people of that observation it's to show people how to make that observation themselves just lift your camera a little bit and then lower it a little bit and you'll you'll see for yourself you got it this one coming in from do appreciate your question as well samir farsane says if earth is flat how can i take a flight east from new york to london then another east earn flight to tokyo then a third flight east 
again back to New York? Well, you really should look into the uh, idea that the Earth could be flat because they have some really simple uh, explanations on the five and ten minute videos which would explain that if you're going around a center point and the center point is the north because the compass only recognizes the north it doesn't recognize the south so it tells you where the north is you follow it east you get back to the same place you follow it west you come back to the same place there's never been a north to south circumnavigation or a south to north and back uh, which is very strange That's and and that could be because we're uh, not allowed to go to the antarctic or past uh, the northern pole but even before they put these rules in no billionaires have ever go, gone over in a hot air balloon or an aircraft um never north to south and south again or south to north and uh, yeah only round east or westbound so you got yeah. it. this one coming in right, from I... appreciate your question mr unite for the chill wind says the top five articles about the long building all say it adjusts for earth's curvature in the first paragraph your own quote-unquote evidence provide proved you wrong howard oh. no I, I didn't realize well they can account for things in calculations, but just like Craig, unless you can provide observations of this physical curvature, it's all hearsay and calculations. Okay, um, I'd like to respond. The, the observation is the fact that London Underground actually exists and they built it the way that they said they did. Um, you know, that's a physical observation. It's there. You can't debunk it. All you can do is go, I don't believe it. And that's the weakest of the week, Howard, the weakest of the weakest of the week. Um, and yeah, thank you for pointing out that, that they are taking into account the curvature of the earth with the thing that he presented. That's brilliant. Philosopher, did sorry. Well, let's see. Why don't we, just because we, I want to get more from Craig, because most of these questions are all for... Well, could, for could I just respond quickly to the thing he said to the last one? Sure, if that's but, right. Yeah, go um, ahead. He, he said there's never been north to south circumnavigation. There's been loads. It's done all the time. The you know you there's 24 hour live stream of it from the um, one more orbit team. Um, you've got the, uh, the the free yearly yacht race, which literally circumnavigates uh, South Antarctica. Uh, Antarctica comes from France down past Africa, goes around Antarctica and back up to France. Um, you know, th there's nothing stopping you going to Antarctica or the North Pole. Anyone can go there. I don't know why people keep saying there's been no north to south circumnavigations. There's been loads. <laughs> no, there hasn't. This uh, one... No, there Apart from the, what I, the ones that I just pointed out, of course, you know. <laughs> they, went, they went to the Antarctica, traveled a little bit around it, and then went back up. That isn't crossing it or going all the way around uh, uh, it. Uh, 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 the one more orbit went straight over Antarctica, north to south, around the whole thing around the entire world and the the yearly the free yearly yacht race like i said literally circumnavigates the entirety of antarctica doubt it i'm not going to doubt it <laughs> it's done every three years you numpty have you done it craig so you uh, just believe in genetic it, fallacy once again wow. wonderful wow that's you can call it what you want but it's i'll tell you what if you doubt it, Howard, go and do it yourself I'm just looking for an observation of physical. Oh, all right. So you won't then, do something that could disprove you. Brilliant. Wonderful. Lovely. It wouldn't disprove me. It would just disprove. It would. But, yes. It would disprove you completely. 100%. No. Bendy water. Can you show me bendy water instead of giving me all these There's stories? Oh, so we don't, water. Get 
hydrophobic Let's... surface and put some water on it. See what happens. So we don't miss any other questions, except that Hunters says, the Flat Earther says, quote, your evidence is fraudulent. Then the Round Earther says, your evidence didn't take all the variables. There is a big difference here. I think that's addressing you, Howard. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's easy to say something is fraudulent when it conflicts with something that you've observed yourself many times. Something that cameras will confirm, video, photo, and uh, everyone that makes observations, whether it's with their eye or with a camera or a telescope, they get the same results. We see too far. There's never any landscape partially or totally hidden due to physical curvature. It's either atmospheric conditions or perspective or, or angular resolution, but we never see any clear loss of landscape due to curvature. No distance, at no altitude. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. This one from Philosopher King Gaming says, why does Howie, I think that means you, Howard, trust all the dead, the old dead people who say flat earth or earth with an F, but literally can't address fight the flat earth's evidence without a fallacy that James won't call out. I haven't been trusting anyone else's evidence. I've been using other people's evidence to support evidence that I've made myself, observations, reproducible observations that I've made myself, thanks to being influenced by other people on YouTube that have made them with their video cameras or their photo cameras. So I've been inspired to verify things using the scientific method Instead of uh, preaching beliefs in other people's information, I verified it. Okay, gotcha. Howard, can I just ask you a quick question? What's the scientific method? Um, if I remember right, it's you make an observation, make a hypothesis. In fact, Craig, I don't want to be tested by your definitions. It doesn't matter. No, not my definition. I, you said the scientific method. I'd just like to know if you know what it is. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I, I, and then I can... I, I, I don't really want to have to go into the definition. Oh, so you don't know it. Fair enough. That's cool. No I do worries. know it. I do know it, but I'm not. You're not my boss. You right I don't need five I don't, things. I don't need five to. words. If you can say five words, then you know the scientific method. Go on. I don't care how you. Yeah, you don't know the scientific method. I do. I do. I just don't give a oh, shit you don't, about clearly. you. I don't, I'm not don't here to give definitions. Anyone can go on Google. It's all right. You don't know the scientific method. Everyone just saw you. I just started. Yeah. Please move on. Squatch Talk says. Howard, how does north, south, east, and west work on a flat earth? You can't walk north and south at the same time. Neither can you walk north and south at the same time on a globe. I'm not sure if the question makes any sense. Gotcha. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. JM says, what about the famous failed flat earth experiment all over the web? Would you like to hear Howard's or I would like to hear Howard's response about this. Sorry, what was that about the James Webb? The fa they say, just say oh, the famous the, failed flat Earth fail, experiment. Famous the web. Flat Earth experiment. I mean, yeah. I can quite a few. There's, lot, there's lots of experiments that have either been made on purpose to look silly, or there's people that are just trying to learn things as they go along. There's lots of experiments of the globe that have failed. But you know, I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not bothered about other people's experiments. I'm bothered about what we can all observe and test for ourselves with the scientific method. This one coming in Did from... You know? I do. do you, I can give you a chance to respond if you want, Craig. Yeah, uh, he doesn't know what the scientific method is. Otherwise, he would have said, instead of being a child and going, I don't want to do it, but it's cool. This one, come on. No, because that... Ela, let's see. Ela Baca says, Howard, can you show us a measurement of the horizon at eye level at any elevation above 100 meters? Can I show what? Sorry. They said, can you show us a measurement of the horizon at eye level at any elevation above 100 meters? I think I've already said that you can go in an aeroplane or in a hot air balloon and you'll see the horizons rising, ascending with you. Or you can look at footage from the Red Bull skydive or hot air balloon coverage and you will see the horizons always at the level of the uh, of the observer. It's, it's like a fact. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your Let question. me just quickly respond to that, if, that, if that's okay. Sure. Um, look at this, horizon not rising to eye level. Uh, look at this horizon not rising to eye level. Look at this, the moon literally below eye level, meaning the horizon hasn't risen to eye level. Even at 70 feet, uh, 70 feet, there we go, 70 feet, the horizon does not rise to eye level. Boom, done. Can I just get a quick word in? How do you know the horizon isn't at eye level and that it is not? Because uh, the, but please, not let me, please let me speak, Craig. You asked we the question. Be, I was please it. let me speak, Craig. How do we know when it's not eye level, when there could be clouds and compression distorting the horizon? You know, like you get this uh, inferior mirage and Fata Morgana. So we don't know where the horizon right, is. Right, I see, I see. So, so basically, the horizon rises to eye level when you want it to, but when it doesn't rise to eye level, it's some kind of weird distortion. Right, got it. Ba ba basically, it's what you said yourself, that when at water level... No, you're, you're the one that's just said that. Please <laughs> don't interrupt me, Craig. I wait for you to finish speaking. When we're making observations at water level, there can be a lot more atmospheric conditions depending on the weather. Yeah, Thank you for like you, Like you said yourself, so um, as we are low down at 70 feet, I'm not going to trust this because I've been in aeroplanes myself and, I, and I've even done a skydive and the horizon's always at eye level, even when up in an aeroplane, really high up. So your 70 foot observation, which isn't your observation. Genetic fallacy. I don't care. Not buying it. The observation's in front of you. You can see what eye level is. The horizon has not risen to eye level. Therefore, the horizon does not rise to eye level. That is just a lie. Uh, no, it's called an atmosphere. It's called an optical illusion. I trust what I see hey, myself uh, over, your, over your two does images. A work? Does a sextant work? What's, yeah, what's the next question, James? It's not your show, Craig. Just a quick question for you to do with the horizon rising to eye level. Does a sextant work, yes or no? Yeah, and I've heard loads of people arguing that you right, need brilliant. a flat if a sextant level works, surface. If the sextant works, then the horizon doesn't rise to eye level. This one, coming in from, do appreciate it, Lucas says, Howard, what are the stages of the scientific method just to show that you understand it? Okay, as it's someone else asking, I might not remember them in sequence, um, but you've got to make an observation, make a hypothesis, and then you've got to test the hypothesis. Um, I might have missed something, yeah, because I haven't, mm. I haven't, I haven't you don't know what the scientific method is. 
I do, Craig. And then um, you, you just you shoot. Please shut up. Everybody you don't. Can you shut up? Hold on one second, gentlemen. Thank you. Hold on one second. I do want to jump back just to something. A dick. We just want to jump back to something. This is from Kevin, who says the exper. So, in regards to the question earlier, Howard, when they said, "What about the experiment that was failed by the flat earther and that was all over the internet?" They said the experiment is the one with a light, two boards, one mile apart. With a hole in oh, it, you raise the light. Needs... If you can see it, there's no curve. There was. Would a you curve like me to the play that? Wasn't... The... Yeah, well, I've I'm not... seen. I'm not done reading it. He said there was a curve. I, I, no, I just I know the one he means. I have it on. Like, if you would like it, just asking if you'd like me to play it for you. I have it so that the audience knows the the context. Oh, do you mean the original question? Yeah, yeah. The, the experiment that he's talking about. I know the one he's talking about. It's the one that Jaronism did in the behind the the curve documentary. Um, so just if you'd want me to play it for the the audience, so they've got context. Is, is it a I'm, is I'm it a cartoon? Is it a cartoon of the experiment, Craig? Well, one sec, just to be sure. So, fight flat earth. Does it sound like you and Kevin from chat who describe this are on the same page? Yeah, he, he is talking about the Jaronism board experiment okay. from the behind the curve. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's do it for the sake of like it gives yeah. people a concrete way to look at it, Howard. So we'll give you a chance to respond, Howard. But yeah, go ahead, fight. If you've got it, let's see it. Being through this hole through the next hole and seeing the light at the backboard or at 17 feet off the water, the earth is flat. If he's holding it up to 23 feet high and we're seeing the light, well, that's because the earth's curved. So I, I should only be able to see it when it's at 17 feet. Okay, go ahead and drive down there, Enrique. You're going to hold the light there. Enrique, how high is your light? 17 feet. I mean, I, you know, it's his, um, there's, we don't see you, Enrique. Lift up your lift up your light way above your head. Interesting. Yeah, that is that one. Cool. So, so it's a cartoon first of all of an experiment, and there is light refraction and many other uh, reasons why the why the experiment might have uh, not given the results they were expecting. And just to, for my own defense, I was going to give the five points of the scientific method, but you interrupted me before I could say the last two, Craig, because you're weak. And that's what, what you rely what, what on. What the last two then? You make conclusions and then you repeat and you get other people to repeat it. But, okay, uh, so what, Howard? Sorry, what? What are the last two then? I've just said them. Can we move on, please, James? I'm not you here didn't. to. You did, I'm not you your did three when monkey. you missed one, and then you didn't do the other two. I've just done the last two, and I'm sick of being your circus monkey. When did you do it? I didn't hear you say them. Could you just can you, can you show a real experiment or just a cartoon of something that could be down to light refraction? You showed him doing the experiment as well. The but I don't see the experiment. I see a cartoon of the experiment, which could just justify. But, but then he showed the experiment as well. I mean, I don't know if you missed this part right here oh, where he's doing the experiment. I, you know, the, you know, right here where he's doing the experiment. You know, he's, we don't so, see you, Enrique. Lift up your lift up your light. Yeah, I see a camera and I see a guy. Yeah, that was the experiment. It was the camera. Boards. Camera. Which uh, it shows him cutting the boards here, doing the the cartoon, yeah, Howard. That's the seven seconds of explanation. The other thirty odd seconds were of him physically doing the experiment. What is wrong with you? I'm not convinced that that experiment was done correctly. Brilliant and even and even if it was, please don't interrupt me all the time. Even if it was done correctly, it could just be showing the effects of light refraction, as you keep using light refraction all the time when it suits you. I use light refraction when it applies. 
You, but can you show any and evidence it, of physical geometric horizon? Can you show any evidence of a physical curvature? Yes, I, no. I, I can. There's a horizon. That's evidence of the Earth being curved because the horizon just, is literally an effect of the Earth's curvature. You're just showing light refraction all the time. Into this next one. This one coming in from, do appreciate yours. Samir Farsane says, the ISS orbits Earth 16 times a day, visible with a naked eye. How can we see it come back from opposite of the direction that it went if the earth is not a globe well as i've said in many other presentations we don't know what the lights in the sky are it could be ufos like shooting stars could be aircrafts could be multiple aircrafts they could be those satellites that are in high altitude uh, that google have paid for and many other companies have uh, going around in high altitude, not in outer space. This one from Neon Sowell says, fight the flat earth, secondhand evidence, Hello. bad. Howard, secondhand Hello. evidence, good. They say, fight yeah. the flat earth using camera is bad. Howard using the camera, good. Sure, Howard. I'm such a naughty sure. boy. <laughs> I think they think you're using a double standard is what they're getting at, Howard. I think Craig's using a double standard. He doesn't have any atmospheric conditions for the observations that he's using from other people. To, and to, uh, he uses question, light refraction. He uses light refraction when it suits him, but not when it suits me. I use it all the time. Let's humor the question, though. Is this, Howard, would you concede that you had used any sort of special pleading, any sort of double standard? No, because I've verified as much of the secondary information that I've used as possible where craig hasn't i've made I mean, primary observations to verify the secondary information that i use to support my arguments craig hasn't made any primary observations he just uses definitions and, and fancy words to try and uh, discredit me as a person because my evidence i mean i've physically measured the earth's rotation of course which is a repeatable experiment done all the time but you know apart from that of course what with a pendulum this one with a what what with a pendulum with a what, sorry? With a pendulum. What the fuck is a pendulum? What, what, well, that, what were you calling them? Pendulum. Have you been saying it like that like your whole life? Oh, well, do you know what? I, like I've said, I'm a bit <laughs> dyslexic. Ha <laughs> laugh at my dyslexia. I don't care. It doesn't that, prove That's perfect. nothing to do with dyslexia. Uh, that's forward. not knowing how to say a word. <laughs> See, this my one, point, my point wasn't how to... I'm also dyslexic, dude. You know can that, I right? Just, can I just say something quick, uh, James? My point wasn't how you pronounce pendulum, yeah? It was the pendulum. fact that it could be measuring the sun, moon, and stars' uh, momentum. How could it be measuring the sun, moon, and it stars? Could, in what because way? there's forces like pressure, rate, there's heat, there's all sorts of forces like electromagnetism and many more that could be affecting as the path is always the same above us, yeah, like Orion. You haven't debunked nothing, you mate. You just said you yeah, I have because I've, I've done it with different materials, meaning that electromagnetic forces would affect it differently. Yet it doesn't. Amazing, isn't it? My fact, my point is that a pendulum would give the same reading wh whatever shape the Earth is, because the sun no, and the wouldn't. moon are spinning it around us. Or 
you can claim there is no reason a pendulum would drift in a correlation to your latitude if the earth was flat and stationary. Yes, there is. The same reason why um, in the northern parts of the world, the pendulum might go clockwise, but the hurricanes go counterclockwise. You can't explain that with you. Can. That's exactly the Coriolis forces being applied to the different things. Which could still apply if the earth wasn't a globe and it wasn't spinning, but no, it was everything Coriolis else spinning around us. Specifically no, no, no. The Coriolis forces are specifically because the Earth is a rotating sphere. They could not be from anything else. In your, in, to the best of your knowledge. You no, no, in, according to physics. No, Craig, because you haven't measured, pro proven Earth's curvature, so you're making a conclusion. I've measured on curvature, actually, so that, that's cool as well. This one coming I in have. from, do appreciate your question, Ilya Baca says, how, are, how do you know if a camera is level to determine if the horizon is there? To set level, it has to be perpendicular to vertical. None of your examples are set for that since the camera shifts. All of my videos are to inspire people to make their own observations. I'm not asking anyone to believe me. I'm just asking people to make their own observations and verify what I'm claiming for themselves with simple observations. You got it. Thank you very much for this question coming in from Samir Farsane. Appreciate it. Says ISS website has exact schedule for viewing UFOs. Yeah, just like uh, the ancients could calculate when there was going to be eclipses and they didn't believe we we're on a globe. Uh, and they knew when there was going to be blood moons and um, all, all sorts of phenomena in the sky. So when they can calculate something's going to pass over, they can put it on a website and say, yeah, it's us. Look, it's us. Great. Cool story. Doesn't prove so, Earth um, curve. It's completely false. The ancients could not predict the exact time and place that eclipses or blood moons would happen. They could guess roughly when it would be, but they were not able to, like you can with the heliocentric model, predict to the exact millisecond and millimeter where the eclipses will appear. Maybe they could, but they didn't have the technology no, they that couldn't. we have in our they hands. They couldn't. Were you there, Craig? Were you there? There's no evidence that they could. They have things that predict it roughly that, that we can still see today, but there's no evidence that they ever had anything that could predict it to the second. You know, if that's a claim you're making, then please provide evidence. There's I'm no saying that they could calculate things. You're the one that's making it about the milliseconds. Sorry, James. Yeah, yeah, because that's, you know, how you do it with the heliocentric model. Professor Phil Bell says, please ask Howard, what does he think when he sees a Starlink constellation moving 10 times faster than any known fighter jet and never needing fuel year after year? Solar panels. Gotcha. And with that, that's all the questions we have. We want to say, folks, if you want to learn more about, more about our guests, you can find their links down in the description box. We appreciate them. They are also linked in the description box at the podcast as well if you're listening there. So I want to say thank you, Fight the Fighter Earth and Howard. It's been a true pleasure. And thank you, everybody else out there, for your questions to make the Q&A possible. I'll be back in just a moment with a post credit scene letting you know about upcoming debates. So, for example, we are absolutely pumped about a juicy one coming up next month at the bottom right of your screen. It's going to be a fun one as well as many more. So one last thank you, Fight the Fighter Earth and Howard. It's been a true pleasure. Thanks, James. Thank you very so much, much everyone. James. Stick around, folks. I'll be right back. Oh, one last question from Samir. He is says ISIS schedule UFO viewing every 16 minutes for years, Howard? 
Yeah. Gotcha. And like, like, the like the Antarctic Treaty has been going for 60 years. And like the uh, World Meteorological Operations has been going for 50 years, spraying chemicals in the sky. There's amazing things going on that we don't, we're not aware of. Juicy to say the least. I'll be back in just a moment. Stick around, folks. And thanks for hanging out with us. Be back in a moment. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 